0: Welcome back to Locked on White Sox. This is Herb Lawrence. I am your host of Locked on Sox. Again, this is the guest week, and we have another guest in studio here, Tony Marchese on Tap Sports. You are the founder, and you host a couple shows there. The reason I'm getting you here is because you talk White Sox. You're a big-time White Sox fan, and I appreciate you joining me
1: today. Yeah, you got the name very, very close there, and I I, I love the uh, the English that you put on that. Uh, Tony Marchese is normally what I go with, but I, okay. I, I like the accent that you, you gave that. I might have to steal that from you and, and use it myself. I'm, I'm happy to be on, man. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem. I'm just wondering, like I wonder with all Sox fans,
0: I mean, most of them are from the South Side. It's a family thing where they become fans of the team. How about yourself?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, not a big baseball family growing up, but uh, definitely uh, my dad kind of got me into it, just watching the team when I was growing up, uh, early 90s. Um, and it was really, for me, Hawk Harrelson saying the good guys. Mm-hmm. That That's exactly what got me into it. Um, I love Knights, Pirates, all that, that, you know, kid stuff right there. Um, and hearing that the Hawk Harrelson just Use the term good guys. That's what got me into the White Sox because everybody else, that's your enemy. So, you know, that kind of resonated. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, Evergreen Park. Uh, Family migrated out to uh, the far south suburbs, Lockport, uh, Orland Park area when I was a kid. But, um, you know, got to the ballpark a fair amount through uh, aunts, uncles, uh, and just my family. So uh, been a Sox fan since probably about 95, Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's when it all started back in the in the good old days. Just right after that strike, uh, it was when I started to actually form some White Sox opinions as a young kid. And you know, Frank Thomas, what what's a better idol than that?
0: That's a great way to start. Like I was in that same era. I think ninety ninety one is the first years I started watching White Sox baseball. And Robin Ventura, Frank Thomas, Robin's my favorite player. Frank, probably my second best. I'm a contrarian, so I, of course, had to choose the second best player on the team. <laughs> I'm just wondering, also, seems like you're a little younger than I am. You started this whole network where you guys talk about White Sox, Blackhawks, Talk about everything on your untapped sports. Give me a preview of what you guys do there and how you guys got that started.
1: Absolutely. So this... All formulated out of an idea that came actually at Shinnick's Pub, at the back of uh, Shinnick's Pub with uh, myself. I I don't know if you know Johnny Nani. I've heard the uh, name. And Brad Squire's Buzz. He goes by Buzz on Twitter. Um, Johnny and I uh, got to witness the Sox beating the Cubs at, uh, I think it was the end of 2018 season. So Mm -hmm. we were... You know, having a few beers, beers were flowing, and uh, we we headed on over to Shanix after we uh, closed the. Uh, I think it was lot C down with uh, Beef loaf has Beef been on the on the show before. We, yes, we headed over to Shanix, uh, and we we kind of talked about some things. And Johnny and I were doing some work over at uh, a website called ShysportsNation.com dot uh, com for Blackhawks. And then uh, I, I know you know Jonda. Jonda I do. Jonda and I were doing Shy Socks Weekly at the time. And uh, we kind of formulated this plan, like, "Hey, let's let's do something. Let's do something that's all encompassing." Um, so we built OnTap Sportsnet. We got in, uh, in contact with uh, Buzz, uh, and uh, you know he kind of filled in some of our Bulls stuff. And uh, we started Socks on Tap and OnTap Sportsnet. We we actually started all this last April, and uh, you know the socks are something that's near and dear to a lot of the people who started this as heart. So um, that's kind of where our passion is but we we've, we had a bigger vision for everything and um thankfully everything's come together so far and, and everything's been going good but definitely like socks on Tap and Shy Sox Weekly just getting to talk on those shows just talking about our favorite teams that that's what we're all about over there and you know just having a few beers talking about what happened during that game or you know week to week what's going on over on Shy Sox Weekly that's that's where we're at with this. It's It's been a great ride so far. You guys couldn't have picked a better time to start it as the White Sox now are
0: looking like they're going to compete into 2020. Your thoughts on this White Sox offseason and the future of the 2020 White Sox?
1: One of the things that uh, I think Johnny and I uh, kind of held near and dear to our heart was that the Sox hadn't proven anything coming into this offseason. So, where was there any sort of reason to believe that they were going to get this done? You know, and I think you feel the same way, Herb. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very pessimistic going into this. They'd not signed a player to a hundred million dollar contract, whereas almost every other club, it feels like they have. Yes. Um, pretty much. You know, it, there was so much negativity around this team. And you look at the Twitter sphere, you look at just the general fan who's tuned into this team every single day you look at the miss on Machado, you look at the miss on Bryce Harper last off season in a prime opportunity for them to actually go and do something. And you, you come into the 2020 off season and it's like, why do I have any reason to believe that they're going to do anything? So I, I was very cautiously optimistic, so to speak. I knew they'd do something. And when the Yasmani Grandal signing came down, I was like, okay, they did something, but, this needs to be followed up. And one of the things that Johnny uh, and I co-wrote together was a, what we do over on Socks on Tap is hashtag that's so White Sox. Because one of the things that the White Sox are notorious for is not only not spending money, but they're just notoriously unlucky with some of the stuff that happens to them over the course of the year. Look at the Zach Wheeler signing. Just they were right there. You offered the most money and the guy chose to go somewhere else because Hey, his wife told him, "Let's stay on the East Coast." That's not exactly something that most teams encounter. This is this is something that it's it's just it's that's so White Sox, right? I I mean, I I don't know what else. I don't know any other way to put it. It's just so White Sox. That type of thing happens to us. It's it's that's just what we've felt as fans for so long. So Johnny and I actually co-wrote an article together with headlines that we predicted. For this, like not only this offseason, but going into this season of like what's gonna happen. And we threw out stuff there that's just I don't know, like Jake Berger is nearing return. Like we've heard that headline a hundred times. I
0: forgot about Jake Berger. You know,
1: we've we've heard that headline a hundred times. You know, Dylan Covey and Carson Fulmer battling in spring training for the final rotation spot. Stuff that, you know, it just makes you kind of chuckle, but at the same time makes you feel really bad about being a White Sox fan. And that's what we've experienced as fans for jeez, I don't know how long, since 2005, Herb? Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's the type of thing. So I, I'm, I'm glad we published the article when we did because some of the stuff in there is just so, you know, at the at the back end of the spectrum of everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that's kind of the, the mentality that I've taken as a White Sox fan. And that's just from, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. And this offseason, I didn't really expect them to go and actually do what they've done. And I know you brought up the Josh Donaldson thing and and the Minnesota Twins, but from what they've done so far this offseason, I'm shocked.
0: It's a thing that I did not expect. I did the third episode, I believe, and when J.D. Martinez decided to go back to Boston, I shifted to getting Keuchel, getting Edwin Encarnacion, and I think one more guy, Rendon, of course. And that was never going to happen. They got two of the three other guys that I said in that episode. I wasn't, you know, as a White Sox fan, we're not shooting for the stars. I should and we should expect them to go and get the best players available, but we know realistically it's not going to happen. They don't do it. They haven't signed a guy for a $100 million contract. Going for the guys that I chose for that uh, episode, I was surprised that they actually got those guys. I was happy as hell because – Keiko is the exact person that you need, especially with the grand dial signing. He's going to steal strikes. He's going to be on the edges of the, of the strike zone. And he's a burly type pitcher. So when they got him, I was like, man, they're really cooking with gas. And then the Edwin Encarnacion thing came up and I'm like, we got the second best DH in on the market. Well, the first best DH on the market, second best, probably in the AL. Would you go out and sign, maybe Puy or going get Castellanos just to put the White Sox over the top? Or would you wait and see if you can get in the sweepstakes for
1: George Springer or go and get the biggest fish, Mookie Betts? It's, it's a really interesting question, Herb. And, and one of the things that I've always kind of monitored with Rick Khan is that he's, he's really stayed the course with this whole entire rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said we'll strike when the time is right. And I kind of look at this off season and I kind of eat crow on some of the, the internal thoughts and thoughts that I've shared on Twitter. He said, we were going to go and sign players when we're going to, we're going to be ready to compete. Yes. And you know, I the look windows at, open. I look at Manny Machado and the Bryce Harper thing. And if, if, if you take your fandom out of it, if you, if you take the whole, I, I really wanted these guys out of it. Last year, Manny Machado, what, what kind of difference would he have made just from that year standpoint? Probably not much. Yeah, it would have been mm-hmm. a great signing. It would have accelerated things. But Rick Hahn has really stayed the course with this whole thing. And, yeah, it, it kind of – you peel it back, you look into reality, and you say, yeah, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper would have, would have thrown gas onto this fire. But now is the time is right. 2020, the time is right, and he's done everything that's that's signaled that the Sox are ready to compete. You know, signing Edwin Encarnacion, Dallas Keuchel, even even go down to Gio Gonzalez and Yasmani Grandal, those are all indications that they're serious about this. You go and you look at what's going on over in Minnesota, and yeah, it's it's kind of concerning. But at the same point in time. You did acquire a right fielder in Nomar Mazara, and and I've been I've been very vocal about how much I don't like that 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 trade that went down and and bringing him in. But you did acquire a 24 year old outfielder who hasn't been given a chance on the south side yet. Mm-hmm. So you look at that market next year and you say, yeah, you've got Springer, you've got bats. There's an opportunity to spend money. There's money coming off the books here. The Sox have now proven that they're willing to go into some of these areas. Springer and Betts are premier players, but they're not Manny Machado. They're not Bryce Harper. They're a little bit older. There's an opportunity for the Sox to step in and say, hey, we had a 90-win season here this year. This is a place to be. This is a destination. We're going all in on 2021. And I don't want to move the goalposts too far. One of the guys, I'm sure you see him on Twitter all the time, P Knowles, he's talking about moving yes. goalposts right now. Yes. Um, and, and I agree with a lot of the stuff that he says, Herb. I, I really do. But at the same point in time, let's take a little bit of a step back here. Let's kind of formulate what's going on. The Sox are a far more entertaining team than they were the last three, four years that we've watched them. Let's see what this core can do. And I'm more in the camp of if you need that final piece to take yourself from a wild card team to a legit World Series contender in 2021, let's prove that we can get that wild card right now and be in that camp because you're talking about adding one or two pieces instead of fixing a whole entire core. So that that's kind of where I'm at. We have a good problem on the White
0: Sox now. We're not having Cordell's, the Ingles, the guys like that, Palka, uh, A.J. Reed in the lineup anymore. We have people in the lineup that can hit. The one thing I'm confused about is the leadoff guy. Now, I know the leadoff guy only bats once at that leadoff spot for the most part, especially in the AL. But. He sets the table, and he sets the tone. I don't want Yoan Mankata there. I think he's our best option there, but I also think that it weakens him as a player if he bats leadoff. Who's your ideal or your leadoff guy for 2020 when they start in March 26th versus the Royals?
1: Very interesting question. One of the guys over at On Tap Net, Steve Paradinski, I'm probably butchering that name real bad. <laughs> uh, if you if you follow him on Twitter, it's nwi Steve. He wrote an article about Yasmani Grandal leading off. Yes. And um, I'm sure you probably saw that or, or just browse through it on Twitter. Um, if you're listening to the show, you're tuned into the White Sox. You follow On Tap. You you probably saw that article. It's it's a very interesting contention point. I'm more old-school baseball, Herb. I love the fast leadoff guy. You know, 2005, we had Scott Pasenick there, a guy that can get on base, steal bases, do that stuff. Yasmany Grandal's not your prototypical guy in that. So very interesting take there from Steve. Um, I do agree with some of the stuff he said in that. I'm I'm not going to go pour out everything that he wrote. If you want to go check it out, go ahead. But um, I think the Sox can go with Lurie Garcia. If he's filling in at second base, he's he's got some he's got some experience in the leadoff role. He's not going to be a world beater in that in that role. Not, not at all. all. Uh, but you know you you've got Nick Madrigal waiting in the wings for 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 that second base spot. I think if you're you're talking about March twenty sixth, I know Ricky Renteria has said that he wants to bat some of these younger guys lower in the order. We're talking about Luis Robert. Um, ideally, maybe he's your leadoff guy, but Lurie Garcia. Just get him in there. I mean, he's done it before. He's not the greatest, but it's something. And you look at the rest of this lineup, and I'm not really too worried about the leadoff guy because you've got two through eight pretty much, Herb. And you're looking mm-hmm. at you're looking at guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark in any of those spots. They're all dangerous. I don't want to focus too much in on the leadoff guy. Yeah, it's great to have somebody that's getting on base consistently. I think Nick Magical is probably that guy, and they're 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 just waiting to get him up. I don't know if he's going to break camp with the team. I think that's way too early to tell um, whether or not he's up right after the Super 2 or any of that. Arbit- I say no.
0: he's—if you're—like, Nick Madrigal's not a guy that you worry about seven years or six.
1: No, he's he's, he's a second baseman.
0: Yeah, he's going to be, I think, fine. Like, you shrug your shoulders, fine. He's not going to be, in my estimation, Altuve. My guy, uh, Matt Zawoski, thinks— the world of him, I don't know if he thinks he's Altuve, but he loves him. He's uh, in that camp. So you bring him if he wins the job over Larry Garcia in spring training. You don't hesitate to bring him up on March 26 and say, "Hey, kid, you won the job. Let's bat." But I think for the most part, they're gonna probably put him down to Charlotte because he only had a you know a couple of coffee down there. If I had my druthers, I would put Grandal signing or the Grandal signing and then him batting first was intriguing the other day when Dave brought it up, White Sox Dave. And so now I'm thinking about it. And the more I think about it, the more I get comfortable with Grandal leading the game off. Then Yohan, then you got either Abreu or Eloy, or you got Incarnacion uh, baby, man, that lineup's is delicious. That's and then you got Robert and man, Timmy, and Timmy's like hitting seventh where he's supposed to be hitting. Right. And a real lineup.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the batting that's, champion. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's like, you're looking at two through eight in the order, and you're mm-hmm. talking about guys who are going to either be able to hit the ball out of the ballpark, hit doubles, get on base, do all that stuff for you. I don't think that the leadoff spot's actually going to come. You know, It's probably going to be a point of contention for Sox fans. Let's, let's be honest. We, we need something to talk about. We need something to kind of get heated about. So I, I see that leadoff spot being, being something that we're all talking about, especially in, in late March and mm-hmm. early April. Wh- who's our leadoff guy? But I don't really see it with this this lineup. We don't have automatic outs anymore, Herb. We're not batting Yolmer Sanchez. Oh, so so great. You know, we're not. You don't have Ryan Goins and Charlie Tilson. I, that's the Jesus. name. You know, Ryan Cordell's. You don't have all Roots. these guys in this lineup anymore, where you can afford to put some of these guys. And I agree with the standpoint of Yoen Mancada should not be batting leadoff. Correct. He needs he needs some lineup protection. He's a switch hitter. Like let let's. Cool it on Yon Moncada. And I also don't agree with Tim Anderson betting first.
0: Me either. So, I don't think he's an on-base guy, and I think he had a great year, and I don't think the 366 on on-base he had last year is indicative to him getting on-base, actually. It was him just hitting the ball and doing his thing. I think he only walked 15 times last year. So him betting seventh is probably perfect for me. And Ricky said last year he enjoys hitting seventh. No pressure. if he does the same thing he did last year, more power to him. I just need him to get better on the infielding and uh, get that glove right. But I'm thinking that you have Giolito is probably a one-two and a real staff. And then you have a bunch of two-threes on the starting rotation, which is fine for me. If, if Dallas Keiko's a two, if you got two effort from Cease, two effort from Giovanni Gonzalez, maybe three or four. And then Ronaldo Lopez ever gets to his, uh, his potential. We're going to be taking off. And that's before we even mention the guy that I'm most excited about seeing this year in Kopech. What is your March 26th rotation looking like? Are you bringing Kopech out as an initial fifth guy? Or are you having Ray go and then having Kopech go back to the minors and then come back in May?
1: I would have Kopech starting this year in the major league rotation and okay. that's that's just where i'm at with it and uh i know i know my guy johnny would would definitely agree with <laughs> with that statement uh uh you, you're probably going to see Kopeck in triple a to start the year mm-hmm. I, I mean that's just that's just realistic. Uh, there's tons of people out on Twitter right now trying to calculate the dates, and I think that's already been set sometime in like May, June or whatever when when they regain that extra year of, of control on Kopech. And I understand that, but Michael Kopech's a gamer. Yes. This guy, he wants to win. And, you know, we we saw that. You, you listen to any interview that this guy's ever done, Herb, and you can just see the the fighter mentality in Michael Kopeck. And I think that... He deserves a spot in this rotation. Now, if the White Sox want to play cautious, send him down to AAA, let him get a few extra innings in there, they've afforded themselves the chance because they signed Gio Gonzalez. I think that's that's exactly what the Gio Gonzalez signing means. And I think you need to start to look at and evaluate Reynaldo Lopez's long-term trajectory inside this starting rotation. I've always been in the camp that Reynaldo Lopez would make an excellent Andrew Miller type reliever. Okay. A guy that can go two innings, wipe out stuff, max effort pitcher, he's got the stuff to do that. Imagine Reynaldo Lopez in the 6th and 7th. Every time he comes out there and, you know, he's in the 3rd, 4th inning, you start to see some struggles. Let this guy go one time through the order, you've gotten your that's a hot commodity in baseball these days. That's where I'm at with Reynaldo Lopez. Yeah, he still has a chance to prove it as a starter. I'd like to see Michael Kopech push Reynaldo Lopez out. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm at with this. Um, I don't see any indication that that's going to happen straight out of spring training. That's got to come as we go here. But then we start to look at some other stuff, and people are talking about Michael Kopech as a closer. I'm not really in that camp either, Herb, and I don't know how you feel about it. But Michael Kopech, I want him going five, six, seven innings into a ball game. And I think
0: you brought up Ray Michael Kopech uh, the other day was brought up as a reliever and I brought up Ronald. I mean, um, Carlos Rodan as a Andrew Miller type. So we have these options where we know we only have five spots in the rotation and we're trying to figure out what would be the best for the team going long-term. It's going to be hard to convince Carlos Rodan to say, Hey, you're a couple of years away from free agency get in that bullpen, be the Andrew Miller, be the hater type. Kopech, they don't want you know, he probably never wants to do that. He wants to start the games. Ronaldo Lopez, you could say, hey, man, you're not good. You're not a good starter right now. You're inconsistent. What you do have is a high-velocity uh, fastball and just develop one of your secondary pitches. You can be filthy. You can make a lot of money in this game. And also... You don't deserve this bullpen spot the way you've been pitching. So, I mean, this uh, rotation spot the way you've been pitching. So, we're going to move you to the to the bullpen. I'm good with any of those three guys developing into a filthy, high-leverage bullpen guy. But I know it's more unlikely that Kopech would be that guy. Ronaldo Lopez, I never heard that really. But that's, a, that's enlightened me. I'm glad I had you guys on this week. Like White Sox Dave, Matt Zawaski, yourself. Tomorrow I think I'm gonna have Patrick Nolan. And at the end of the week, we're gonna have Shane Reardon, who's here at 670 to score. The last thing I got for you, and I appreciate you coming on with me, is the White Sox this year are looking to compete. I don't know how you feel as far as them, the twins, the Indians. I feel they are the front runner until they, till the Twins got Donaldson yesterday. Now the White Sox are might be two or three. What do you think about this year? The White Sox competing for the AL Central crown. What are your expectations for this team?
1: This is a loaded question here. <laughs> very much so. It's, it's like I don't
0: like as pessimists. I am going into this thing thinking that they have to compete until September, and I'm satisfied. I'll be happy. I'll be you know mad at September if they fall off the table. But also if I look back in retrospect, like, you know what? They did exactly what I wanted. 2021 is the target for me. Yourself.
1: You know, I'm kind of in the same boat here, and this is throwing all the emotions aside, right? So if we if we're in September, we're two games out or two games up and we blow it or don't make it, I'm gonna be mad as hell. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ranting and raving on Twitter about how they didn't get the job done, and you know we'll 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 hear some that so White Sox, right? You know they, that's it goes right back to that. But they did some stuff this offseason that I didn't believe that they could do, and I th- I really dr- I really truly believe that this team is going to be far more entertaining than any White Sox team we've watched in recent history the The way that they're going to play the game is going to be better. It's there's going to be a lot more home runs hit. There's going to be a lot, a lot better pitching. You're not seeing seeing Dylan Covey out there every five days. You're not seeing Carson Fulmer out there. Perfect. You know, th- there's there's all these different changes that they've made. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter the last two days talk about well Donaldson signed and and you you brought up Penals. He's coming on here tomorrow. Um, feel free Penals to to reach out to me, but. I think the White Sox actually do have a better pitching staff than the Minnesota Twins. I don't care what F4 says. Let's go out there and see what actually happens because the best laid plans can change. If the Twins are better on paper, that doesn't mean that the White Sox didn't make the marketed improvements they needed to go out and make to make themselves more entertaining and contend for this division. This is the most optimistic I've been since 2006, and I'm going to ride that as a White Sox fan as a high for this offseason. I want to see this team compete. I I don't know if they're going to be AL Central champions. I don't know if they're going to compete for a wild card, but I'm exactly with where you are, Herb. If we're in the race in September, it's going to be a hell of an entertaining year to watch this team, to cover this team, to follow this team, and it's going to be a good year to be a White Sox fan. You already see the bandwagon fans jumping on this. You see a lot more Sox hats out when you walk around the city. It's going to be a good year. I, don't, I, I can't put predictions on it yet. The offseason's not over. But I'm expecting this team to actually be competitive. And one thing, I know we didn't get to really touch on this. This is a real prove-it year for Ricky Renteria.
0: 100%.
1: This is a real prove-it year for him. There's chances, you touched on it earlier, to make this team even better going into 2021. Um, and I'll, I'll go quote uh, a guy that uh, I talk to all the time, Pete Hand. He's thrown it out there. The White Sox could be a team that that actually has the most wins in this next decade. We've put ourselves in a good position. Whether or not they executed on it is all on the field. So it's time to start to peel back some of that hatred towards the front office and start to put the onus on the players to actually perform and do their jobs and develop. Some of that goes towards player development. Some of that goes towards just, you know, health. Injury concerns and all that, but they have the pieces to do something.
0: And that is the voice of Tony Marchese, Untapped Sports. Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and all the great places.
1: Absolutely, you can find me over at uh, at Tony on Tap on Twitter. Uh, at Socks on Tap is our uh, daily post game show. Uh, you can hear us recapping all the games over at Socks on Tap. Uh, we do a podcast after every single game, breaking down the game action, and we're doing some off-season stuff. You could also find me over at Chi Sox Weekly. And, of course, our All-Chicago uh, coverage is at ONTAP Sportsnet and ONTAPSportsnet.com.
0: Thank you for coming in today. See you January 24th after Sox Fest at Reggie's with me, 108, a bunch of other people. I'll have the all the information on Twitter. It's Herb Lawrence, Locked on Sox.